welcome back to Deconstructing Damsels. Today, we have a guest. We have Becky Feldman from Too Stupid to Live. And I'm really glad because we're going to talk about the book Edge of Survival by Toni Anderson. I picked this book when I asked on Twitter where I could find some diabetic rep because I'm a type 1 diabetic. I talk about it a little bit, but throughout this episode, you'll learn a little bit more about what I've gone through. And what I find interesting is the fact that uh, Miss Anderson has no connection to diabetes, but she did the research she was supposed to do. She did all the, the stuff that was important, and the book is still 10 years old and relevant in that way. So that's kind of like a good thing and also a bad thing if you're thinking about it medically. I definitely want to call out something here before I start the episode, however. Corey Alexander, also known as Zane West, actually recommended this book as well, or backed the recommendation, I should say, and I picked it for that reason because I've talked to Corey and and about all this kind of stuff before and they were very open and honest and, you know, they helped me with stuff with, di with my diabetic moving, like what I could find to put my insulin in, for instance, for the long flight because it's a very long flight from Atlanta to Germany. But sadly, uh, Corey passed away in August and I want to say it's a really sad thing for the community because Corey always, always was there to help, offer recommendations, you know, support other authors. And I want that to be acknowledged right now. Okay. Because I think it's very important to say that Corey and Becky and a few more were like, okay, here's what I, here's what I enjoy. And I can't help but say thank you for that. And a special thank you to Drew Healy on Twitter for being the first one to recommend this book. Edge of Survival is fantastic. And I think that is something that should probably be acknowledged um, because I, I don't really know the person. And it means a lot when you guys interact and you, and you give me options and we kind of communicate. I thank you. Everybody who helped with this, thank you, because it was really important. This is my birthday month, and I wanted to include something that represented me in that moment. I mean, that's very self-whatever, but okay, whatever. It's my birthday month. Don't care. And I, I just feel like people maybe don't talk about diabetics as diabetics as much as we should, so I wanted to kind of clear the air on that. So, on to the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. I appreciate Becky coming on so much. It, w it was such a gift because I have listened to it forever, which we'll talk about in the episode as well. But carry on with the show, guys. So I have got Becky from Too Stupid to Live, which I love the name. I was actually kind of mad that I couldn't take it. Uh... <laughs> I loved that name so much. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, I feel like I was thinking today, like, Too Stupid to Live is deconstruction, deconstructing damsels. Because, like, what you do, I feel like Too Stupid to Live is, like, a type of criticism of damsels. So I feel like this is just, like, you know, kismet that we're finally connecting. I thought so, too. And I was like, because, like, I remember listening to you when I actually started my podcast. Like, because we were, we were all kind of like... 
you, me, and Boobies and Newbies, Kelly mm-hmm. from Boobies and Newbies, we, we were all kind of like premiering around the same time. That's right. Yeah. And so I remember that like, and, and you guys have just been a lot better about putting out content. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you have but... too. I mean, it's like, I'm kind of like, as long as you're doing something regularly, yeah. no matter what regularly means to you, like, I think it's fantastic. Well... I may have been taking like four months at a time off accidentally. Um, but anyway, well, life happens. So, it's all good. Exactly. Well, and like, and, to, and like to be fair, like uh, in last year, I was working. There were sometimes I work. I was working over forty hours in a part-time retail job. Oh wow! So, yeah. So and it's tiring, and yeah, I hear you. I've had to take you know when things get a little hectic. I usually like okay, guys, I'm going to take a quick break, but I will be back. Stay tuned. <laughs> Exactly. Like, here's what's coming up when I come back. Yeah. More books. Right. Yeah. There's, I'll promise you that. That's one thing I'll promise. It's not going to like suddenly change to like reviews of the Cheesecake Factory or something. So I don't know. That may be kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I love that place. But yeah. So do I. So I used good. to get it from, um, oh, what was it? Not Uber Eats. DoorDash. Mm, I used yeah. to get it from DoorDash because I lived, I lived near the mall right before oh, I moved perfect. Out, of, yeah. out of Georgia. And so it was literally like a five minute thing to get there. And so I'd get the DoorDash because I'd, again, working 40 hours a week, I was like, I- I'm not getting in my car and going any further than my house, which was no. like two minutes away. Right. No and way. So, so I would order it and I'd always get like um, the, the cheeseburger rolls because I love those. So oh, I'd get the yeah. cheeseburger rolls mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'd get usually like the steak Diane and stuff like that. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. I get like the, the I can't remember what, what else came with it. But it was like a two thing. I was like, look, I'm working hard for my money and I'm going to enjoy my money. So exactly. I, I just well. like love it where like Cheesecake Factory is like, you know what? Our menu's just going to be food. We're just going to have food. You know what I mean? And it's like <laughs> exactly. genius marketing. <laughs> exactly. And they have like really good food. It works. Like, like, I mean, I know it's not like kind of a farm to table fresh, like, you know, whatever. But like, you know what? Like it, it hits the spot a little bit. So, yeah. The funny thing is, is I don't like cheesecake. Oh, that's a what a not what an irony. Because I love cheesecake. <laughs> it's like there's something about the consistency that never works. But they have oh, this great it. like chocolate cake. Yeah, like, I think it's like a, it's like a I think it's like chocolate blackout or something. Mm, oh, yeah. I actually miss that living in Germany now. I actually miss that blackout cake because. But Germany long... has like good chocolate though, right? So I'm sure you have oh, like yeah. better delicacies than like you know we do. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I do. Like, we have something called uh, Richest Sport, mm. which you can actually get in the States in some places, like mm-hmm. at the World Market and stuff. Or, Ooh. Yeah. That's right. Um, oh, and, yeah. World Market does sell a lot of good stuff. Okay. Anyway, I'm going yeah. off tangent. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but they have, like, really – they have Richest Sport there, and I love it. Like, I had one a while ago that had uh, – it's like a milk chocolate, but it's like a darker milk chocolate, and it's got cashew in it. Ooh, that sounds so good. Yeah. And they've got, like, one that's got – it tastes almost like if you put it in the fridge, it tastes like – Reese's like the little, like the little Reese cups it's called a nougat and it's oh it's so mm, good that and like good. you can I only buy it when it's on sale though because it's kind of expensive but I'm sure. like you know what it's worth waiting for of course yeah my husband actually used to send me some in the mail before I moved over here Aww. <laughs> he'd, he'd pop it in the mail because he'd get like the seasonal stuff that I couldn't get at home and so right. he'd pop it in the mail and give it to me that's sweet that's very sweet because he's the one that introduced it to me when he came over for the first time so right yeah yeah so it's just like it's it's kind of nice to kind of have that it's nice to have that like um i'm trying to forget how to put this it's it's nice to have that kind of comfort and i think that's kind of what 
like uh, I think that's what the the romance community is is comfort. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I had like, a guest yeah. on who described it so well of cotton candy for your brain, and I've been co opting yeah. that phrase so much. But it's true, especially now when um, you know, I feel like things are hard. You know, I I don't know what how what process you guys are in in terms of reopening in Germany, but LA is still kind of behind and um yeah. it's kind of getting to me. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm just like, oh yeah, we are on fire. Luckily I'm not in the the the, yeah. the danger zone, but it's still like hard to go outside. Like yesterday I went outside to take the trash out and I just like started this like coughing <laughs> fit. Yeah. Um because there's there's ash everywhere. But I'm honestly very fortunate to live where I live. Um but yeah, just like sitting back and being able to like read a romance, especially like in the genres that just like I love is just it's it's kind of like right now I'm like, OK, let me get through the day because tonight or whenever I take a break, I'm going to have my book and it's just I'm going to have a glass of wine, <laughs> read the book. It's my self-care. And relax. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just been like, yeah, it, it's like hard to remember to like still find joy during these times and so allowing myself to just read a book is like helping me just find joy you know I feel like I'm sounding so depressing right now but like I'm not but like you know what I mean (laughs) I mean well like I keep saying at the end of every episode like the world is on fire so find joy however you can exactly and 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 that's that's what you have to do like Mm -hmm. the world is crazy right now it's just like it's like crazy like being in the middle of a of a fire tornado right like yeah it's hard and like with the election yeah Yeah. Uh, it's just like I feel like you know I tend to be on Twitter a lot and just get bombarded with just like really dismal news and Mm -hmm. it gets to you and then just like have this like however long you read a day or a week or a month you know just having that break is just you know special you can kind of like take take that moment and just breathe exactly and like I do think like people you know who maybe consider themselves non-readers are like oh I should read more I should read more but honestly like it's not a race you know what I mean like read when you want even if you read a paragraph a year like that's reading like don't be don't beat yourself up you know well exactly and like um one of my patrons uh D Mm -hmm. I love D D is amazing interestingly enough D has become one of my friends Mm -hmm. but along the way but like you know, she enjoys books that make her happy. And sometimes um, people can, can be rude about what she likes and stuff like that. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Because it's like, Dee is an amazing person. What she reads has no bearing on you. Mm -hmm. Like it makes her happy and that's all that matters. And it's just like with everybody else, like reading romance for the community is one thing that makes us happy. Yeah. Like it, it makes us, the world doesn't suck in that moment, and it's kind of rare right now. So Absolutely. I just, I don't know why anyone would say anything bad about it. Yeah, I mean, I just like, you know, I'm trying to like pick my battles in that world. You know, like, I feel like people who maybe kind of look down upon romance will then like start talking about Star Wars as if it's the best thing ever and it's like it's the same fucking thing like you know like it's you're, fandom like, yeah it's fandom like just <laughs> like I feel like Star Wars is no better than romance novels and sports is no better than romance novels you know and like oh yeah you know it's like for, you know especially male um people are kind of just like picking and choosing like what they consider 
you know, worthy of, of reading and watching and whatever. And it's like, just because something is about love and you're, you know, looking down upon it because whatever, um, many reasons. And it's just like, you know what, at the end of the day, like, am I going to fight this battle? Am I not right now? I'm like, I'm not, you know, no, like, like, um, Melinda edits sometimes on Twitter. will say that she's all out of spoons. So all she has is knives. Right. And it's like, Sometimes there's been times this year I've been like, all I have is knives, so maybe I shouldn't be fighting this battle. Cause right, yeah. I don't really think I want to eviscerate anybody today. That's a lot of cleanup and a lot of stuff I don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. I, feel I might like as well be on like, Reddit for that. Yeah, like I feel like if it's more important things, like, you know, especially with representation and, and race and books and stuff like that, you know, I feel like yeah. is a sh- you, that's a battle to fight. But I feel like when it's just like one person on twitter who doesn't you know like whatever but like you know if they're poo-pooing something and you know sometimes you just gotta let them be because you don't want to waste your own energy defending something that's joyful exactly and it's just like you don't want to take away your time and your you could be doing something else with that time. You don't have to waste your time on yeah. it. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, well, the best revenge against people who shit on romance novels is just reading them. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's going to make them angry is like you continue reading them. <laughs> and it's like, and, and it's an keep, easy like, thing making, to do. And you keep making it like the biggest part of the industry by continuing to read it. Yeah, exactly. Like your, your, your area is succeeding because people are like you and they want to enjoy it. Yeah. Like sometimes like, you know, my the greatest thing you can do is instead of like, I don't know, getting on Twitter is just like adding to your Goodreads, like showing everyone on Goodreads what you're reading and just be like, yeah. ah, you know, and then just read. I, I don't know. I feel like I've been lately. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe tomorrow I'll get on Twitter and, you know, defend something vigorously but right now it just like makes me laugh whenever I'm like oh you're reading this like Mark is reading I'm doing this you know and it just like (laughs) makes me feel better well yeah and it's like I I kind of forget about Goodreads because I'm kind of in in a war with Amazon right now right it's 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 a war where I don't give them any of my money so I keep it's smart because it's so smart well I mean so I had my American account my American account transferred over to my to my german account Mm -hmm. but the problem is is it won't let me buy anything on my german account even though i have a german bank account oh my gosh how annoying like like nothing like nothing i can buy nothing is going through and so i'm just like okay i'm done with you i I don't i don't need to do this (laughs) right you know there, there are 15 other things like over here we have ebay and ebay works just as well and i have my nook I mean, the only thing I don't like about my Nook app is the fact that I can't copy and paste. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is very difficult when you're writing notes up when you can't copy and paste. Right. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't just like screen cap everything into a, into a, you know, Word doc. But Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. so that's why like on my notes for this book, I just have like where my notes were and what they're about so I can go back and find them on the page. Yeah. Yeah. And then some of them, some of the shorter quotes I have in there, but the mm-hmm. other ones are just like, I have to find it. And, but it's just like, you know, Amazon is a pain in the tush, but it is good for Goodreads. But I want to try, oh, what was it? I think it was story. I think it was Storygraph. Maybe Ooh. it was, one that was, was oh, new. Yeah, I can't remember that. it. Um, but there was, there was a new one that was, I think it's in beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that, um, 
Miss Bev talked about it. Oh, cool. So, yeah, uh, maybe a while that's back. a good idea. I mean, I, you know, for my podcast, do have to use Amazon and for me, you know, and it, I, I do hate the way they treat their workers and, and whatever. So yeah. sometimes I'm just like, okay, maybe I'll, you know, tar- use Amazon for this, but maybe in other aspects of my life, maybe I'll start avoiding it and shopping elsewhere. But yeah, it is like this like struggle I have. I like last year I kind of got to know with Amazon too. And I started, um, was it Harlequin? I just went to and bought it through their store and That's then their yeah, app. Yeah. Well, then mm-hmm. their app, cause they actually had a really good deal. Like you get like money off. Mm. So I would get money off. And so I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. Good for them. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Cause I also, but, but then their um, app died. <laughs> Oh, that's so annoying. So they had to get another one, but they just got a new one in. So yeah. now they have an app again. I think yeah. it came out like a couple of weeks ago. Right. Yeah. So. I feel like because with my guests, I usually buy the book for them. And because um, I'm so generous. Oh, my God. Um, and um, and so. <laughs> Which is why they're all four ninety nine and under. Right? I, yeah. It's got to be. It's like, sorry. Like, you know, I. Yeah. I, it's, this is the conceit. Sorry. But you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you can read it see you're you're a little bit nicer than i am but yeah exactly yeah i was like now you have a book i got i bought you a book it's the best present you can have <laughs> welcome to your introduction to, to romance yeah <laughs> they're like so you're gonna buy me the next book right and it's like come on now no yeah <laughs> you got you got a book yeah <laughs> now you know if you like it you can continue to read it or you can find a way around it yeah exactly. if you're really lucky someone may lend it to you <laughs> yeah yeah make friends because <laughs> uh, that's, that's actually how my husband read a girl like her mm-hmm. uh, we actually that was one of the patreon episodes but um a girl like we recorded it because he's got um undiagnosed what we think uh autism Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted him to read it because it reminded me so much of, of him. Right. And so I just lent it to him. Of course, to lend it to him, I just let him sign into my, my account because it wouldn't let me lend it to him because he was in Germany. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's just really silly. And I know. I know. It's, it's, there's like so much like gatekeeping on that. Yeah, it's like, frustrating because it's like if you want to mimic. <laughs> yeah, if you want to mimic how people read, people lend books, like do that. You know what I mean? And that's how you get people that buy other other books and other series. And because, mm-hmm. like, I when I was in the states, I would thrift so hard on books. Mm-hmm. I would get so many like old Harlequins for like twenty five cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. I it. remember, yeah, like going to library sales is just so yeah. great. Yeah. Or like if you if you can ever find I don't know about L A but I know that in um, I was in Metro Atlanta, mm-hmm. and um, when I was in Atlanta, if you went to like a lot of the uh, like we called it a potter's house when I was in, when I was uh, in Barrow, but there's like a Christian organization and you can buy them for like 25 cents. That's so great. Any, yeah. any paperback. That's so awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, I was like, Oh my God. And there was, they always had romance, like romance and cozy mysteries. I was yeah. like, Oh, I'm in heaven. Thanks. Those are my two genres. My two, my two genres at the moment. So thank yeah, you. Yeah. 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 I feel like it's like romance is such a, you know, major market in, in the publishing industry, but it's also such a major thing where people, when people finish a book, they usually lend it or like, you know, will donate it. I feel like more mm-hmm. so than other books. I don't have any proof of that. I just have a feeling of it, but a lot of like, it's always like mass market paperbacks and it's just like, yeah. they're so readily available 
you know, whether it's in the library or online or even, you know, at garage sales or, you know, for me, library sales, there's always this huge plethora of books, which is fantastic. And yeah. And filling, filling the bag or filling the boxes are the best ones. Oh, ever. sure. Yeah. You just got to like sit on the floor and go through them. And it's just like a fun way to like spend your time. I don't even do that. I'm so like, I, <laughs> I'm kind of shallow in the way I'll go by book cover. Everyone does. Yeah, of course. Well, I, go, I go by, well, yeah, but I go by book cover, but I go by the ones that actually don't have the guys in the kilts. <laughs> I go yeah. by the ones that have the women in like the odd positions. And I'm just like, I like this. This is going to be odd. Yeah. That, I mean, that's how I got like some of my Christmas books last year. I went to, um, there's a place in Lawrenceville, Georgia called Liberty Books. Mm-hmm. And they were actually part of Romance Day. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. The store. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually the one that told them about it. I'm, cool. I'm bringing this up for a reason. Because I went in there and, like, they have a whole room of nothing but romance books almost. Oh. Like, and, and it's like, you know, it's a small store, but it's like an entire room. That's awesome. That's so great. Yeah. It's crazy. And so I'm like, I like this. Yeah. This is why more people should go. And, like, I think that when you find books that, and, like, they have, like, really good deals. And, like, if you bring them back, like, so many back, you get, like, a credit. You get, like, a 25 or 50 cent something credit. Oh, So great. every time you bring a book back, you get a credit. So mm-hmm. if you bring back your books every time, you at least get some money off on, your on like, the next couple books you get. Fantastic. I love that. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what makes them affordable. Right. And yeah. some of them are used and some of them are, are not, but they're – like there, I saw so many Claypus there. Oh yeah. Like like they literally had a whole shelf of her. Yeah, they. She's a lender. Yeah. 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 And so I'm just like, or apparently a seller. Uh, yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. But like, I mean, like they they sold them back and then they, but like you know, I. She, she's not necessarily my favorite, but right. I can definitely see the appeal. Mm-hmm. And I was just really glad to see they had such a variety because they had nothing but like an entire like back row of like the Harlequin books, mm-hmm. like all the series. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And like they have like the ones that are, like they have sales and stuff like that. So you can buy like if you buy two, you can get one with like, you know, a, like you get like a third off of all of them or you know, right. stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. so it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And I, I bring it up because it's like I think sometimes – people assume that we all just buy it brand new and then just like discard it instead of like finding a home for it. Right. Finding a home for the books. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like, I, uh, I like it when people read romance because I think they learn a lot about themselves when they read it. Sure. Absolutely. It's a, uh, it's very eye opening. you know, of, what makes it, you know, what makes good sex, what makes a good relationship, what makes a good, like, kind of way to improve a lot more aspects of your life in terms of being brave and sticking up for people and doing what's right. Like, it's more than just sex, you know, even though a lot of it is sex. And yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, it's good for finding representation, I think, sometimes better than a lot of other fiction. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like so many authors are doing such a fantastic job of um, bringing in you know representation and you know with with race with sexuality and with you know health and all of these things I think it's um it's it's fun to learn for me it's fun to learn about diversity through a genre that I love you know what I mean and um exactly yeah I mean like I said I learned a lot about about um 
learning a lot about Ruth taught me a lot about my husband. Right. I didn't expect it, but it was a beautiful gift to me mm-hmm. because it's something that I understood. And I, I thought Ruth was a strong character. And I don't mean like, you know, the, the like 10 years ago strong, but like strong as in strongly written, strongly defined, strongly, Correct. yeah. Uh, strongly sketched out right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they don't they don't always get like that yeah um, yeah sometimes sometimes the characters can feel a little bit light but oh she sure. did not yeah and then i thought that, that was really good and i was like okay so that's something i hadn't experienced and I, i'm also i'm white make white make white 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 uh-huh. so it's not my experiences being you know someone black in the UK. So right. I, I learned about that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I learned about, about how, how things may be that mm-hmm. I would not necessarily know. And, and I found an author that I love. Yeah. So it, it pays yeah. off. Mm-hmm. It just take a little chance and you can find a whole lot of information about yourself without knowing it. Absolutely. What you know or don't know, as mm-hmm. it turns out. And like, I, and I, I asked about the reason that I picked this book, oh, as you mentioned, <laughs> we're doing edge of survival. Uh-huh. by Tony Anderson. Um, and I did it because I asked on Twitter asking for people that were that were diabetic because I'm a diabetic and mm-hmm. you never see that in, in in books and I'm like, but why? Right. There's so many people that are diabetics. Like and type one and type two are very different. Mm-hmm. And I'm type one. So I'm I'm like character I'm like the character Cam in this book. And so I was like, but I want to find me. I want to see me. I, I want to be in front of something. Right? Yeah. Even though I'm not at all like her, I don't have the same things. We have a lot of shared experiences. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Because I was curious as to how much, you know, her experience resembles a lot of other people. I'm not diabetic. And so I'm just curious yeah. as to like how her experiences and what she does and it's, how she's it's a, responsible every fucking good. day, you know. I was it's just it's very on point. That's awesome. Um, and I actually emailed the author about this. Uh, oh, what did she say? She's my, by the way, she's my favorite author of all time. And um, yeah, and that's why I'm like, I, have, I love this book. She's amazing. Like she, because mm-hmm. I, I was writing to her, I was like, well, how do you know about this? Because this is not something that most people write about or know about. Yeah. And she said, you know, I'm not diabetic, but she did a lot of research. She read message boards. She read people's experiences. She got the ideas. Like she put the time and effort into understanding the disease. Yeah. And I was like, she nailed it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's fantastic. As a diabetic, I, I never see that. Like everyone's like, you know, either they're going to like kill themselves because they're suddenly a diabetic and their life is different and blah, 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 and not. Because I was diagnosed when I was 22. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was 22, almost 23, so I always get that confused. But um, I was 22, and I I didn't know I was a diabetic until I went to the hospital, and they said, by the way, your blood sugar was like, I think it was like 600 and something. Mm Mm-hmm. It's normally supposed to be around like 140 after you eat. Oh, wow. Or 100 when you wake up. So yeah. I was actually put in a coma. Oh, my uh, God. I was in a medically induced coma for 36 wow. hours trying Jeez. to get my sugars down. Oh. And, and, so, and I had a diabetic chiasidosis, which is what she worries about mm-hmm. sometimes in here. Um, that's yeah. why she does all the exercising and the dieting and stuff. She doesn't want to go back. She doesn't want to do it because sure. it can literally kill you. Yeah. It's actually one thing that can kill a diabetic very quickly. And so 
you know, I, I was listening to her. I was like reading about it and I was, I say listening, but I was like listening to what I was getting in the email and I was going through and I was like, okay, but this actually makes sense mm-hmm. because there's, um, there was a line on, and it that says it was a juggling act, uh, insulin diet and exercise. And it ended with your last breath. Yeah. And, and that's very true. Like yeah. I, I have to give myself a shot. So I have to take the long term and the short term, which she mentioned in the book. I have to take the long term twice a day. I can't take it once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, my body actually goes into basically like diabetic shock and I get down to like the 20s of my blood sugar, uh-huh. which is very bad. Yeah. And so I have to take it in the mornings and I have to take like whenever I eat, I have to take my short term and mm-hmm. I have to like constantly monitor and, and all this stuff. And I'm over here now and – one reason I was glad to move here instead of the other way around was I – my insulin is cheaper here, mm-hmm. somewhat cheaper, um, different. Like in the U.S., I got vials. Over here, I get pins. Mm-hmm. But uh, my test strips are free. Oh, cool. So, And that's like the most expensive thing outside of the, of the insulin right. is always the test strips because like I, I used to get the Walmart ones, and it was like – 20 bucks, I think, for 100. Mm-hmm. And you use like at least three a day. Yeah. So you can see where that wouldn't last. Yeah. And I had mentioned through my job, but with my job, I can only get my stuff through my stores or the company's pharmacies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want my company to have access to that information. Right. Yeah. That's 18 kinds of no. But luckily, I was going to, uh, because I didn't make a lot, last year was the first year I actually made enough that I could have maybe survived on. But before that, I had very short hours because they were short-changing because retail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was going to a clinic that was actually giving me, like, $10 a vial instead of the, like, I think one of them last time I checked was, I think the Lavamir was something like $700 a vial. Mm-hmm. And then my Humalog was like I think somewhere around like five hundred a vial. Oh wow! At, at one point I was paying around because I didn't have insurance for a very long time. Right. Um. And, until the until the um ACA I didn't have insurance and I was having to pay like two hundred dollars a vial. Oh, that's terrible. In two thousand and thirteen, and I cried because I took my medicine to work to school one yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my. I just got it and the vial broke. Yeah, I had that happened to a friend of mine and it just was like, ugh. It's it's like heartbreaking. It's yeah, scary. Sure. You don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And like I wanted people to understand that that fear. Yeah. I mean, not like in a like, you know, I want you to be afraid, but understand that there's a reason why people want to see representation of themselves in that way because it's like we go through that every day, but we still look for love. We still look for life. We still look for success. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't stop us. It just yeah. makes it different. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think sometimes they miss that. Right. Yeah. It's kind of just like this afterthought. But I thought the author did a really good job because I think she has one line where she's like, this is every day. I have to do this every yeah. day. It's not – I don't – I haven't struggled. I struggle, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And I just was like, oh, that's really smart. And it just reminded me – it's not the same thing, but like a lot of people who are immunocompromised, you know, mm-hmm. with like whether it's celiacs or Crohn's or, you know, something like that. Like it is you have to do this every day. And um, it's a balance. It's a balance. And I think like I have so much respect for people who just have to do what they can and they have to deal with 
you know, I don't know, just like whether it's going to restaurants or, you know, going to parties with friends. And, you know, I just have so much respect for people who who just like have to think about these every little thing that I never think about, you know, and um, yeah. yeah, it's really hard. And um, there's another line in the book where it goes, um, or going to sleep at night, never sure you're going to wake up the next morning. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. And I've, I've had yeah. that happen. Oh, yeah. Like, like my my husband, he, it's the time he was my fiance. He had to he had someone from Twitter call 911 from another state to come to my house because I was non-responsive. Oh my god. Oh my god. When I went to sleep. And it happened twice. I'm within so two sorry. weeks. That's that's terrible. And I mean, thank thankfully I was responsive enough like my body wasn't completely dead. Mm-hmm. But it it was low enough that it took him like half an hour to bring me back. Oh my god. To to bring me to a functioning level because yeah. my sugars were so low. Right. Because yeah. I I was working a schedule that my body couldn't handle. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um and so I was like, I can't do this anymore. I told my to my people, I was like, you know, I know you wanted me to be the morning person. I was fine with being the morning person. My body won't let me be the morning person if you're going to have me close the night before. Like, I have to have a fairly consistent schedule. It's like, it's a medical need now. I think that's fantastic. Like, I think like that's one of the reasons, you know, that's another thing why I have so much respect for people because it's like, we live in a world where, especially in the States, like, everything is about our job we sacrifice so Mm -hmm. much for our job and it does affect our health it does affect our relationships and the fact that like you were able to put yourself first in that situation I find so admirable I I had to like I mean I had to keep the job Mm -hmm. but I also knew that like I couldn't afford to to die because you know my husband again was in Germany and I was here and he was I would go to sleep with Skype on every night and Mm -hmm. until his until his um tablet died we we would be he would watch me sleep or he would like be there so if i needed to call him he could be there yeah and and we did that because literally i was scared to go to sleep by myself in my house sure i yeah absolutely cuz i cuz i would wake up with with diabetic seizures like she had yeah i would wake up with those fairly often sometimes Oh, depending yeah. depending on how stressed I was, my stress was a, was a main factor. And if I was overly stressed, I would wake up like that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, drink yeah. like four apple juices and like <laughs> I'd get the you know the uh, apple sauce pouches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would get those because I could twist those off and just eat them. Yeah, twist the top off and eat them like the, the you know the ones like the kids have. And so mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. Yeah, and I used to get the ones because I worked for the company. Uh-huh. Um, they had ones that were dessert ones. Ooh. <laughs> so it's like apple pie, apple strudel, stuff yeah. like that. And it's just like, just there's just cinnamon in it. And yeah. Yeah. But it was, but it, well, no, like they actually did taste like apple strudel and Ooh. stuff. Um, yeah. Um, but like I would get it and I would be like, okay. Yeah. This is good. But it, it would just be, it was very difficult for a while to, to find that balance and, when I was working those 40 hours weeks, I, that would happen sometimes. And I would call for – I was living with someone at the time. Mm-hmm. And I would call for them, and they didn't hear me. Oh, wow. Because my, my voice wasn't loud enough to be heard through the door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I get it. Like, I understood why Daniel was scared. But I also understood why Cam was just like, I can't not live. Right. Like, and I'm not your responsibility. I want your help, but I'm not your responsibility. I'm not someone that's – Falling apart that that's you know this 
this person that can't survive. How did you feel about the way Daniel was like taking care of her? Like, you know, once he found out, he's like, did you eat? Did you take your insulin? Like, did you find that like overbearing or were you like, I, oh, I that's did. pretty sexy? <laughs> I thought I kind of like I, I thought it got to be a little bit overbearing. Right. At some yeah. Because he stopped listening to what she was saying, I think. Yeah. He was so inside his head, he forgot that like. She's had it since she was 14. She's had it for over 10 years at this point. Mm -hmm. She knows what her body can handle. Yeah, that's what I was curious about because it was like, oh, to an outsider, it seemed like, oh, my God, he's so into her that he's taking care of her. But then there were times where it was just like, he's not her dad. You know what I mean? And it's like, but it was like nice to see him learn because I do feel like. I tend to do this too, where it's like, you're so overbearing. Like, are you okay? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And like, you don't realize that you're kind of being overbearing to someone. Like I, you know, have very specific experiences where I did that. And, you know, sometimes I still deal with like that guilt that I have of like, oh, I was being too much, but um, it's a, you know, it's a learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and like, I can only speak for me, but like, if I know it's coming from a good place, I can be snippy about it, but I can appreciate it at the same time. That's good. Like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's like, you know, my, like my agency is being taken away from me somewhat in this point. Sure. So I'm getting snippy about it, but I can also appreciate the fact that like, you're trying to help. You're not doing it to be annoying. You're doing it because you, you, you You care. care. Yeah. And and that caring does matter, especially Mm -hmm. if you're like, I can, like I said, I can only say for me, but like for me as a diabetic, it means a lot when someone puts that into effect. Right. Like at my job, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of people that were aware of what was going on. And so they would keep an eye out for me. Like, cause my sugars would go low a lot at work too, mm-hmm. because we just, we didn't have the manpower for me to, to stop. Right. And yeah. so I felt like my job was on the line if I didn't do something. So like, I would be like, one eye squinted open picking someone's order or taking out an order or whatever, uh-huh. you know, like almost about ready to fall over. Yeah. And so people would hear me, they, they would hear me sound drunk and they knew that my sugars were low mm-hmm. and they'd be like, no, go sit down. And I was very lucky also at um, one point, one of my co-managers was a diabetic. Mm-hmm. So oh, when he yeah. heard me, he told me to sit down. That's great. Like if, like, cause at one point my sugars were sky high and I could not get them down. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like mainlining like um, liters of water. Just I think I, I drank like a liter and a half of water in like an hour. Oh wow! Yeah, you and so do like what you gotta do. Well, yeah, and but I was still on the clock, and my and my boss let me stay on the clock, mm-hmm. and he also like because I was training someone that day to close. Right. Yeah, and so he let me train while sitting down. I trained her on what to do. Um, I was sitting over in the corner, and we're not supposed to, but he realized that I needed to to train at the same time I needed to recover because he didn't know what to do. So he couldn't train her to do the job. Right. So he realized that this was the best solution for both of us. And he understood in that moment, I was like, you know, I I have to go sit down. I'm like, I'm in the three hundreds. This is bad. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, this is bad. So he went and let me sit over there. And then, um, I was low a couple of times. I told him and he was like, okay. And he went and got me like, you know, he'd go get me a Gatorade or he'd get me something like he, he would help me mm-hmm. because he realized what I was saying was, if I tell you that I must be in a bad position because I try to do everything on my own anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great for your, you know, manager, you know, that. Yeah. I, I understood where Daniel was coming from, but I also thought that he was a little bit too overbearing about it. Sometimes. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, yeah. He was a little overbearing. And he was also going through his own stuff, too, you know. With his of PTSD. Like, oh, had, yeah. yeah, PTSD and just, like, so much guilt alcoholism. about alcoholism. And, you know, with the PTSD of just, like, this guilt of, you know, it was due to people that have died more or less on his watch. And so right. you can kind of understand where he's coming from of, like, he doesn't want to lose another person. And Yeah, like you definitely understood where the overbearing came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just sometimes they went a little bit far with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like like overriding a bit. In the pivotal scene mm-hmm. of the book, what he did was fantastically smart and proper. Yeah. yeah like yeah, that yeah. was exactly what she needed. In that moment, that's exactly what she needed for that to 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 survive. Yeah, because so he, he like he did, he did the right thing. Yeah, he like noticed and was like kind of read mm-hmm you know based on like oh okay like this is what she needs to do and he didn't like take it on his own accord like there's like a there was a level of like listening there even though he was you know what I mean like he was yeah there was an awareness and a listening and trusting her of what she was doing and he saved her life he finally realized that she knows what's happening Mm -hmm. and and so it's okay to to back up because like sometimes my husband and I have arguments about it about yeah. me mm-hmm. and like Sven is probably the best partner I could ever have and uh-huh. it has nothing to do with him it just has to do with the fact that how I am sure like yeah because I have PTSD somewhat mm-hmm. um I, I have like a low level of it because I had diabetic acidosis twice once right. in 2004 and 2012 mm-hmm. and in 2012 I had it because I couldn't afford my medicine anymore and I was living on doctor samples. Oh wow. And like we like there's been enough stories in the news we know we know what happens to diabetics when that happens. Yeah. And so I literally went to DK. I was in the hospital for 10 days. Ugh. Um yeah, I was in the medical ICU for 5 of those days trying mm-hmm. to balance me back out. Yeah. Um and so it like the first visit was 5, so it was like even double that. So it it was this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you know there's just a level of of fear, and I don't think that maybe he understood that she almost had her own version of that. Yeah. That's why she was so controlled about everything, mm-hmm. because she knew, she had read, she had seen, she was aware, she was a scientist. Mm-hmm. So she knew what would happen if she ever let it, brought it down, because I've never had an A1C at a 5 or a 6. Right. Like the lowest I've ever had is a 7.0, which is mm-hmm. not high, but it's not right either like it should be like a 6.5 or down Mm -hmm. um like my last one was a 7.3 which i was that's about where i tend to middle at yeah i'm looking at all my previous ones from the past couple years from my doctor's office when i moved i got all my records Mm -hmm. and that's about normal yeah so i'm like oh so she's doing a really good job so obviously he really should be listening to her Mm -hmm. and i felt i felt like one thing that probably would have helped him is if he had found a way to get information about diabetes outside of her too, like yeah, like he does have that do a little part. bit of aromas, right? Do, yeah, do a little he bit did, more research into it. Yeah, he did have that part where they were gonna have sex in the lake. All well, they did, and yeah. he, you know, was like, "Here are your waiters, like or whatever. Yeah. I'll carry you." But yeah, he he could have done like even more. Like that was like okay. You get an award for that, but, you know, you're not, like, man of the year because you, like, looked up one thing. You know what I mean? And, right, and so, exactly. Yeah. Like, look, look up, like. <laughs> like, everything. You yeah. know, everything. I I loved this book. Like, oh, it's so good. 
I was yeah. so into this book. Like, and there, there's actually one scene, the scene when um, uh, Daniel and, and Vicky have that moment at his door. Mm-hmm. The scene that it reminded me of, if, <laughs> it reminded me of the cutting edge when Doug and Lori yes yeah yeah. like yeah. my entire brain was like oh my god it's this one scene it is yeah it was a very I, yeah 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 it was exactly like i just substituted the characters in the same scene i was sure. like yeah, no yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i love the cutting edge it's one of my favorite movies oh, it's so classic. yeah it's like oh yeah like topic um yeah <laughs> yeah but like I, I could see that in my head of that of it being kind of one of those situations of mm-hmm. empty hookup and then trying to avoid what could be going on. Yeah, but I, you know, I did think the author did a good job of like addressing Vicky in terms of yeah. like she wasn't just like this, like she, you know, like I, I thought that they, she, you know, Tony did a good job of like making her sympathetic in terms of oh she has is dealing with alcoholism she's self-esteem yep. issues it wasn't just like this like kind of surfacey sex pot sex pot who you know was like the, the cam antithesis you know it was exactly she did a good i, I don't know i i like the way she, she was had framed. a lot of good layers absolutely and, yeah and she was obviously very like she was also very clearly a girl's girl when it came to cam like she was trying to look out for her mm-hmm like she, she was. She may have gone about it the wrong way a couple of times, but she was honestly trying to look out for her friend, and yeah. you can tell that. Yeah, absolutely. And and Cam was looking out for her too, and they yeah. had a, they had a really good friendship. And I think like in the wrong hands, it would have not been a good friendship, you know. And and I I feel like I loved the the nuances. I mean, I I you know I love the nuances in like every one of Tony's books. Like I you know they're so smart and the characters are so well written. And yeah, yeah. Now it's time for my mid break shout out to my patrons D Carrie and Marlena. I want to say thank you guys so much. All your help pays off and I want to also give a quick sneak peek that soon you will find more information on Patreon about something coming your way. I'm not going to give it a heads up because where's the fun in that? You guys have to wait. But if you guys want to, please join at patreon.com slash damselspodcast if you guys aren't already in the group. Because then you don't get a shout-out. And you guys want a shout-out, right? So, Advanced TV Her Story had this to say about the podcast. Refreshing old stories and characters. Smart, well-reasoned, and timely analysis of what we've read and need to read to help us become better feminists. If this was a class you could have taken in college, you would have with your best buds. Thank you so much. That means a lot. And I definitely know Advanced TV Her Story. And if you guys haven't checked it out, you should because... It's really cool to see how women have impacted TV and what we consume and how we consume it. Kind of like the podcast, right? It's an amazing introduction because I've never read her before. And I was just like, oh, no, I really like this. Like, I I really like the way this story is laid out. Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes I felt sometimes the romance was actually taking a backseat, which was, you know fairly normal for me so i just kind of like oh no this is good for me it's better for me this way yeah yeah Um, because because to me the romance is more about how does it affect the woman necessarily than some of the 
like the sex and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which I mean, I talk about on this podcast all the time. Sure, it's sure. No big, it's, it's no big surprise there. Of course. But like, I, I like the fact that um, Cam was confident in her, in her limits. Like, yeah. like, like that scene when she had the low, low sugar right after sex. I've had that happen. Mm-hmm. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. But it happens and you just accept it, move on and fix it. Right. Like, yeah. And that's what she did. And I, you know what yeah. I loved about it was just like her quickly accepting of like, okay, I was vulnerable. This was a vulnerable moment. I wish it didn't happen, but it did. This is me. You know, she didn't right. run away. Unlike Daniel, who right. when he had a flashback in a dream, he pushed you know, her away. Pushed her away. Oh. And like, I just think Holy. it adds. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it, it, I think it did a good job of showing, how weak he was and conversely how strong she you know how just like sure of herself she was even though she had her issues with opening herself up to love and thinking she was falling too fast due to the fact that like she had previous engagements but she was just like this woman who was able to who struggled so much but still was able to stand on her two feet and yeah. um i yeah it was so great she was an uh, absolutely amazing character i think yeah and she and she was very stimmy mm-hmm. but she wasn't like obnoxiously so yeah. like she was just very confident in what she knew yeah and she also like cared i think you know a lot of i think tony used to be a marine biologist so there's a lot yeah. of like animals and marine biology in like a lot of her books which to me is so like is equally as interesting and um so it stands out it really does and you know and a lot of her fe- her females are just like fun like i'm not you know fun scientists where they're just like studying random like one of my favorite books is that she wrote is cold in the shadows i highly recommend it and the main character is like a frog biologist or something <laughs> and um and and so it's just fascinating to hear like facts about frogs like she was studying frogs that like have this like lethal poisoning that can be used to assassinate people which is like kind of one of the the mystery plot of that book and it's like yeah oh i love it yeah it's so good well and i like the fact that like cam's um science background and her science uh because she was studying fish migrations Mm -hmm. because it was a mine to explain to to the listener sorry i don't They'll figure out. <laughs> that, that, that there was a mine and so she was trying to make sure that a dam wouldn't change the trajectory of the fish and it was you know going to be good for you know the the area and mm-hmm. so forth and so forth and i think one of the things that i really liked about the suspense was it was two levels right mm-hmm. like there, there wasn't just one suspense there was like two things happening yeah and so you didn't always know who was doing what. Yeah, I thought the twist was was really interesting. You know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, here's a guy who's like native to the land and he ends up being the bad guy. Sorry, spoiler alert, but you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I did think it was like a really, her twists are very interesting. And um, some, you know, you kind of see coming, others you don't. There's always something yeah. surprising that happens in, in her books. And I thought that was particularly surprising. And I think what was interesting is that like Cam does is pulled in different directions professionally. Like she's doing this because a company wants to build a mine, but she also wants to protect this land for the people who live there. And right. she like, you know, does like this like I don't know I I just like thought that like you know when they find the Wolverine and she's like okay yeah. this land can't be you can't have a a mine here she just like 
just like I don't know like I feel like more people we need more people like that in the real world and so that's why I was like <laughs> yeah when and for the book to be like 10 years old it doesn't feel like it's 10 years old no right? not it, at it all it feels yeah. very current yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Even with all the changes that go through science and with with all the stuff, there's obviously very clear. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a very clear guideline. It doesn't feel. It's not like when you, sometimes when you read like um a contemporary from like 1999. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you can tell it's 1999. Uh huh. You're just waiting for the all. You know, she's all that flashback. Yeah. But you, you don't feel that. You know, you no. it feels a lot more. Um, I don't want to say timeless, but a lot more longevity in the and and how far you can take it, considering the way um, environmentalism is going right now. Absolutely, yeah, and it just goes to show. I mean, like it's this is a long running battle, and um, you know, pe- the, the you know, like we need to. I don't know, like I obviously am proving myself very progressive, and it's like, oh, we need to realize that some of these issues have been long running, and and um. Yeah, it was, yeah, like, like, agreed, like, you know, it was, like, very timely in, like, so many respects in terms of representation, in terms of climate change, in terms of, you know, building on indigenous lands or, you know, corporations sacrificing people's homes for profit, like, it's obviously something that we're still going through, and, um, And especially yeah. First Nation. Of course, First Nation. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, there, there's a lot of, um commonality that that stretches back for quite a few hundred years on yeah one. sure and and it's not just like this is set in canada i should say um but it's the same thing down here in the u.s right mm-hmm. like you know indigenous people are still forced to fight for their right to exist yeah and yeah, yeah. and that and that's one thing I, I like to think about cam was you could watch her progression go from oh 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 to woof yeah you know and like you can you can watch her shift a little bit in that mm-hmm. yeah it definitely and I, and I think that's yeah, fantastic yeah. it is so good and it's like you know i think a lesson we all you know especially you know like white people should be aware of and um yeah it there are so many aspects of this book that were so timely and um yeah well and the and the fact that i do like i will say this i also like the fact that there was no shame insects in this book for the most part i mean there, there yeah. were some obviously characters that did but but the overall arc in, in the book was no no shame for sex yeah because when she you wants know? sex she's like was like i want sex you know and like literally that she, she, literally she said says essentially that. i want it i want sex now yeah yeah like, this, this is what i want i'm telling you openly and clearly mm-hmm. and well i mean even and even in the case of the um the prostitute that was killed sex right. worker that was killed mm-hmm. um there was no shame and and speaking to the parents and when the cops spoke to the parents when the mounties spoke mm-hmm. um there was no shame in what she had been doing no yeah it was very right? like non-judgmental it, your, yeah. your, your child is your child no matter what i'm not going to take that away from you and i'm not going to degrade her and i'm not going to deride her profession because no matter what it's what it, it was what it was and yeah. it it has no bearing on this anymore yeah i mean a person is dead and no matter what they do there is someone who is tragically and horrifically murdered and um yeah 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 and and it's really nice to see that sure yeah absolutely 
and and I thought that it was unexpected sometimes in in some contemporary romances. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we can sometimes authors can fall back on um, old biases. Yeah. Yeah, um, it just reminded me of. Um, did you read the kiss quotient? I can gush about that. I I actually have it. No, it's very good. I feel like it does a good representation of people who have Asperger's, um, but also in terms of um, kind of like getting rid of the stigma against like sex workers. I felt like kind of one percent. Maybe it was a little judgmental, but I you know even. But and it's such a recent book, and I think you know again we're still you know coming around to to awareness of different professions and why we shame them and why we shouldn't and um but we're getting there you know and I feel like it's shown through these books of just providing humanity to people that in real life we haven't and um it's uh great yeah yeah no I I agree and I was like I was very pleasantly surprised considering because it is 10 years old of a 10 year old book and Mm -hmm. romance has leaps and bounds and bounds and leaps beyond that since mm-hmm. then and so it, it was very nice to see that already in the books because this is one of her first books i think yeah so it was yeah, yeah, really yeah. nice to see that that movement that forward movement mm-hmm. and, and i was actually really glad that you said you would come on the episode because you did like the book and and you were very clearly positive about it and i Mm -hmm. i was very excited to see that because i read it and i was just like this is an amazing book i want to talk about this book yeah i um when i've never talked about romance suspense before by the way oh i because like my genre is romantic uh, suspense i love it's my favorite and i think what tony does so well is the mix between the the suspenseful plot and then the romantic plot and there's a good balance, which in turn makes the sex scenes like and the romance like feel just so real. And like she does a good job of like waiting for the right moments for each yeah. specific plot point. And I also think like for me, what makes a and good build up and build up. Yeah, that's the word. Like yeah. for me, what makes a good romantic suspense is as you're reading, you're thinking, oh, my God, how the fuck are these people gonna end up together and it's like almost stressful to you and you just and it keeps you just like going through the pages and reading and it just like I like being on the edge of my seat when I'm reading and um just that she like I think like what she really does is just raise the stakes so well of what is working against these characters being together so ultimately when they get together it is just so triumphant and like romantic and and you don't need the epilogue you know you have the happily ever after you know which is great and and that's exactly what it was with this one like there really wasn't an epilogue like yeah it it ended in a way that you saw this is their happily ever after you saw how it happened why it happened Mm -hmm. but it was worth it yeah absolutely and and you know there was a scene when they were doing the um trying to convince the miners that they were a couple or whatever in the back of that that room and i was like that's a really hot scene. Oh my god! Yeah, it was. It it was like, and it was hot in the way of the intimacy in that moment, like mm-hmm. the intimacy between them, but also the intimacy in the room itself. The the surrounding and the setting was really strong. Yeah, there was. It was like some major heat just with him. Like they're making out, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna like unbutton your shirt to like really, or you know, 
unzip your pants so you can not like or whatever but like just mess up your clothes to show and and it was like it was funny but there was also so much like heat packed in that you know and yeah um, yeah and and you could definitely tell that they were trying not to be attracted to each other but she was more willing to accept the fact it was happening like okay Mm -hmm. attraction is a thing that happens there's nothing wrong with it let's let's see what happens like you know she told him she's like it can be just sex we don't have to have a relationship yeah but that doesn't mean that i have to be a one night stand either we can go back for more sex yeah it's okay to put up that boundary line yeah you know what and like just thinking now like i feel like sometimes in books where a woman gets rejected not in in romance but maybe other things where she looks kind of pathetic you know, yeah. of like, oh, this poor sad woman or whatever. But she doesn't make – there's nothing making you pity Cam. Like, you're nope. like if she gets rejected, it's like, oh, that sucks for Cam. But you know what? Like, fuck the other person as opposed to us being like, oh, poor Cam. She got rejected. You know, it, it was right. so great. Yeah. And, and she's aware that she looks awful the day after he dumps her. Mm-hmm. But she's also like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like – okay, you guys know that we were boning. I mean, we're on a ship. You can't exactly hide that. Yeah, everyone knew. And which that was like so fun too. Of Just like there wasn't that plot of like, oh, we got to hide. It was just like, yeah, we're having sex. None of your business. Let's move on and do our, and like do our job, you know? Right. And, you know, when things happened and like when the, um, the older guy broke his leg, mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And, and he had to go off boat for a while so he could heal. And in that time, they got closer. Mm-hmm. And it was good that they got closer. And, like, you know, she found something for everybody to do. But when they weren't listening, Daniel stepped up. And he was he was riding that alpha, alpha male line at that moment. Yeah. The only time I ever thought he really crossed it was when he went too far. Like, he, he went so far in his head that he, it was a... It was jarring for the romance side. Yeah. Because you were just like, okay, no. I mean, he... Just step back a little bit. Yeah. Just a tiny bit. I mean, the we don't, ro- we don't need a we don't need a love and hip hop character. Right. So knock it down enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's so great is that in the end he escapes jail, which mm-hmm. is like this. This book is like very grounded, you know, in a way, and um, I feel like being able to like have like the ability to like escape prison is like so yeah. wild even though that's it's really happened but like in this yeah. world where whatever and like the he manages to do it he's able to like put he could be put away for jail for forever and right he does not let that get in the way of getting to cam and i'm like oh that's so romantic and and it was it was realistic in that because they were so remote Mm-hmm. Like where they were, there were not that many ex-military guys that could go find her as quickly as he did. Yeah, absolutely. And he was also like forthright of like she's diabetic, guys. Like this isn't just like this isn't you know the stakes are much higher than you think. Like she can die, and like right. just was like I'm don't I don't care about the felony charges I'm about to get arrested for. Like I do, well I mean he doesn't in the end. But right. like he just puts so much on the line for her. And um you really see because he's he's 
haunted by his PTSD. He oh, yeah. he's really and, and validly so, and validly and, and, so, and like yeah. it really gets in the way. And I, you know, I feel like using the term "damaged" is maybe a little negative, but the, that's what I can only word I can think of right now. But I'm he just, was yeah. like he he was damaged, and he had to undamage himself. Yeah, he had to recenter himself. Like I. I have major depression disorder and I get it. And so I can say I'm damaged sometimes. There are some things that will set me off and it takes me a while to recenter. It, it takes you a while to find that, that inner core of who you are again. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being damaged because we all have fallible, you know, we all have like fallible moments and, and, you know, no one is on a a, um, pedestal and I think absolutely yeah sometimes we use we think that damage is a wrong word but sometimes it's the most appropriate word you're so right yeah yeah you're absolutely right because like sometimes like you know I've described myself as damaged I described other people as damaged and I'm like oh is that a negative word am I insulting other people by saying it you know because they're like damaged is such a there's so much connotation for that word negativity yeah yeah and it's like so um i guess pejorative and a really mm-hmm. it's a way that other people put it's a word people use to put other people down like using the term frigid i mean like don't mm-hmm. like um yeah. but like yeah you're absolutely right though like sometimes it's just like the right word to use and it certainly applies to daniel but um yeah. in the end like cameron inspires him to seek treatment he should have called her because like in the end he goes and and seeks treatment but like he could have called her and been like hey i'm at this facility but you know he did it and like at least he did it so yeah and he did it for her he did it for him he did it for their future and it was just like hella romantic you know and and like he had been thinking about going into treatment before too like you could you could see it build up in the story mm-hmm. like it wasn't just a sudden thing of oh this is a plot device it's something that he was saying yeah. he was saying okay i need to not drink my job is on the line i can't keep doing this mm-hmm. I, there are limitations to what i can do and he did the same thing with you know his ptsd he's like okay oh crap i have ptsd how do I deal with this? Yeah. And he was he was on the he was on the way of doing it and then the plot kind of accelerated up a little bit so it had to take a back burner but once once the situation was handled it was okay, I have to fix this. I have mm-hmm. to fix I have to fix myself so I can be myself. Yeah. Do you think like in the similar way to how being a diabetic was portrayed in this book like do you think there was like a similar consistency with how people suffer with ptsd was conveyed i, I think so mm-hmm. um i think the only the only thing i really had that was kind of like a little bit on the negative side to me was i thought the six weeks was awful fast for everything he went through sure yeah 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 that i, I was so like too. it's like oh this maybe is something another six weeks yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and because you're also coming off of being an alcoholic yeah so yeah i was two like, different you know mental <laughs> mental rerouting's there i 100 percent like thought the same thing too and i was like okay well maybe he's gotten like some initial tools to help him get by including breathing exercises and mindfulness but then like he's still gonna have to do the work once they like move to florida together and like you know seeing exactly. a therapist and other things so it's on the up and so, up for him for sure but I, I think that uh, – and, and his bonus benefit is is the 
I, I don't want to spoil too much about his his uh, past because it's so important, I think, to the plot. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that um, listeners that have issues with war may want to be careful. Yeah. Because it, mm-hmm. it was a little bit um, graphic, I think. Not not in a bad way, but just I mean that I, it was very, like, on the page, right? Like yeah, you, you yeah. understood every step he was making in that moment. Mm-hmm. But it was really nice to see where his former soldiers were, like, stepping up for him, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they, they didn't run away because he he did what he had to do to make sure everyone was safe. Yeah. And I and, feel like, yeah. And like, they understood that, and they stood by him for that. Yeah, and he made, he obviously made the right call in, in terms of, like, what happened. Um, but I think, like, the again, like, the she does a great job of, like, dealing with the nuances of guilt. Even if you did the right thing, you have guilt. And I also think, like, she did a good job of, like, making sure that, like, mental illness is an illness. Like, it, it you know, like it, she separates it in a way of mm-hmm. like it. PTSD isn't her his personality. Like PTSD doesn't define him one hundred percent. It's something that happened to him. Exactly, and I loved the way, and I I really did love the way that was portrayed. Of he's still this funny guy. He like makes jokes and he's caring, but what he's been through doesn't isn't who he is as a person. It just it was a huge impact of of his life. It it off-centered his life in more ways than one, and he didn't know how to handle it in more ways than one. Absolutely, and yeah. I think that's valid. Like, Sure, yeah. I, so many of us have that, right? Like, mm-hmm. we all have that. I don't know how to handle this, so I'm going to spin for a while because there's no touchstone to keep me from that happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, like, and, and Cam could understand that because she went from being, you know, uh, normal mm-hmm. 14 year old to being diabetic literally overnight yeah like her whole world changed everything changed and she admitted to herself she was like i didn't like being the center of my parents attention i didn't want that attention on me but i was forced to take it which can give you it's very stressful when that happens because people that aren't diabetic try and follow the line but mm-hmm. they don't understand because they're not feeling it yeah like you you can't feel it like the way i can feel it like when my sugars go down and i can get mean then i can get yeah absolutely cruel because like my brain doesn't function right it's literally not functioning right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i think that she could understand that in in that moment yeah 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 and i think that's what bonded them better mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I mean, I to me that was it was very interesting to see their their traumas and and I said trauma because being diagnosed is traumatic. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, she's it's, had life changing. Yeah, yeah, she's had this. I feel like another reason I felt for her is when she was describing what her family had to do when she was around fourteen in order to yeah. take care of her, and I feel like that having like a f- huge familial shift in your dynamic can also affect you in addition to the physical thing and i you know you feel felt, guilty you feel really yeah, guilty for a right while. yeah you know suddenly she you know described herself as being she's either the middle like maybe the middle child or the youngest child and maybe didn't get the I most think attention she was, 
Yeah, I think and, she had, like, three other siblings. Yeah, and now here she was getting all of this attention. And, like, that's huge. That's such a huge thing for a kid. And especially, and she like... she didn't want. <laughs> yeah, and especially, um, I don't know if you read The Babysitter's Club, but, you know, Stacey yep, had... Stacey. Yeah, and more... I, I watched the Netflix series, and I thought, like, more so than the books, from what I remember, they did a good job you know, earn enlightening job for for me. I felt yep. enlightened seeing how a kid has to handle being diabetic. Mm-hmm. And that's what Cam had to do when she was Stacy's or maybe a little older than Stacy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's really hard. And I can't imagine being 14 and having it. Like mm-hmm. I said, I was like 22. Right. Um, yeah. I, and I, I had been sick for years and I kept asking for help and doctors didn't see it. So they didn't look at it. Cause you know, what, what woman knows what she's talking about when she's talking about her medical health. Sure. Yeah. They, they um, all, doctors always take women seriously. That's uh, oh, I know. Let what they tell do. You. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was a, it was a major issue. Yeah. And, and so I understood it. Like mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this makes sense. Like that was something that really stood out. And I think that in the same way, I think Daniel was affected when all eyes were on him and it was just too much because he went from being part of a unit that no one really talked about too much. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot of privacy in that unit um, to being all eyes on him. And it was just way too much. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that also pushed him in ways he didn't want, he didn't need to be pushed because there was no, there was no longer anyone protecting him. The government wasn't protecting him from that anymore. Right. Yeah. And you know, he did it because he had to, but he didn't like it. Right. Yeah. And he was already carrying the guilt from everything else. And it was just, it was just like, it was easy to see why he fell to alcoholism. And I actually appreciate the fact that the author put in the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of service members go to alcohol. Yeah. Lots of ex-service members. And, and because I think that people don't always understand how hard it is to transition from one life to another life. Yeah. You know, you, you've been doing this one life for however long you've been doing it, and suddenly you're not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. And how you function is very differently in in civilian and military life. Right, yeah. And I think that's something also that made it easy for Cam to recognize. Because Cam said, she was like, you know, he's he's got PTSD. Like, he's obviously going through something with that dream. Right. But she couldn't help him because he wouldn't let her. Yeah. Because he was too, like, I think she says, like, pig-headed to help him. Yeah, or he to, is. Or to get help. Yeah. Exactly. And and I, but I thought that was really nice, the way they recognize it. You know, it was recognized and mentally acknowledged. Yeah. And I, I think that that's something that they can they can bond with without, without him realizing they were bonding over it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, but she, could, she could analytically see what was happening. Yeah. And she's so forthright. Like, she doesn't, like hi she's just like tells it like it is you know and yes. it, it's like refreshing to that's why i love her i love her so I, much i loved i i thought she was such a strong character yeah like just strongly again strongly defined strongly laid out strong to to follow along mm-hmm. and i think she was a really good representation as a diabetic especially written by someone who is not a diabetic that's, that's fantastic i am so glad that 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 it was written in a way that felt you know consistent with your life and other people's lives i don't know i'm i'm really glad that there's a book like that 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 makes me really happy 
me me too because i was wondering if there was right because i read because i read a lot of romance but honestly i read a lot of historical romance mm-hmm. that's like my that's my safe zone yeah you know like because like when, when i first started reading i read joe bev i read joe mm-hmm. beverly yeah who i loved mm-hmm. and i'm i'm still so sad that that you know she passed away because i think there was more to her stories that we could have learned right some of the stuff doesn't always <laughs> transition to now standards, yeah. but but she was at least consistently, you know, writing women that had their own agency and their own thought for the yeah. most part. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not always in ways that I would that I particularly like now, but back then in the like early two thousands, it was phenomenal for me as yeah. a reintroduction to, to romance. Sure. Uh, because I read all my godmother's bodice rippers when I was little and like Danielle Steele, but I don't consider Danielle Steele romance because everybody dies. Right. Yeah. There's no happy ending. No. So there is no romance. No, there. no, no. Yeah. She's not romance. But she's often shelved over there and I'm always confused why. I'm like, do you know how many people die in her book including well, the woman? I kind of know why she shelves there. <laughs> Oh, I know why she is. It's just we it's, do, and yeah. it begins with P, and it ends with patriarchy. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like just because she's a woman doesn't mean she's writing romance. I know it's so weird. I, with, like, I would put her fiction. far more into. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd put her far more into women's fiction or or like something, mystery, you know, you know, or just fiction, you know. Or sometimes even like you could even say historical for some of right, it. Some of it's yeah. like set in World War Two and Vietnam and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's definitely not romance to me. But I, I will say I love um, bodice tipplers. I love oh, yeah. when they cover Danielle Steele's books uh-huh. or or like Sydney Sheldon's or stuff because that's the stuff I was reading when I was little. Yeah, yeah. Because that that's what my my family had because I didn't like John. I didn't really like John Grisham and I didn't really like um. Like John Saul, <laughs> like those right. are my two choices. Yeah, or like you know Tom Clancy. Mm-hmm. So my my elder godmother, um, she was the one reading the bodice ripper, so I was reading him along with her. Yeah, I mean that's how so many people fell into romance, and it's it's great. And but it's it's nice to see you know, it's nice to see contemporary romances being a little bit more inclusive, even early on. And I think this is. I think this was a Karina Press, right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and this must have been right when Karina Press was starting. Yeah. Yeah. So you can you can definitely tell that this is part of I think Angela James's reign, and and you can definitely tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you can definitely tell that like the way she was setting up the press to be looking for stories that maybe other people weren't. Yeah, absolutely. Looking for new voices, new ways to tell stories. Yeah. And and you didn't have to follow the um, old school RWA model, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, and and I think that helped because I think that actually opened up a lot of um, more indie authors that we have now. Yeah, because we had things like Karina Press out there, right? We, yeah, we had people that were pushing for this to be a thing, mm-hmm. which was very much like what you know. Vivian Stevens was doing back in the day too, pushing for more. Right. Like there, there were, there were people that were advocating for the genre to move forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think that it definitely helped. And I think that, you know, books like this were, I'm not going to say they're like a 
foremother for it because I don't think that's what it is, but I think that they were just a good stepping stone of showing that this is what people are wanting. This is what people are buying. Yeah. Look at the, look at the statistics, look at the numbers, look at the stats, look at the, look, look at who's buying it. Look what's buying, like, you know, look what, and what I mean by that is like, are they disabled? Are they a diabetic? Because sometimes people don't consider diabetics to be disabled, which is weird to me because Mm -hmm. let me tell you, I got a disability. (laughs) I can tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But like, but people don't see it because it's invisible. Right. So like they yeah. sometimes, sometimes they just kind of like separate us out. Right. And and so you know there's conditions to that and and so it was nice to see, kind of the diabetics being pushed back into the disabled section. Honestly. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. The, the dis- disabled as in like um, the impact of it. Right. Not, not yeah. disabled as as a person, but like disabled of the impact of, of what we're reading. Mm-hmm. Because right. sometimes I do feel disabled when I'm reading it because I'm like. I am not running 60 miles a day. Yeah. I mean, even if I wanted to, my diabetes would not let me. Right. Because, like, there there are limitations that come depending on who the people are. Mm-hmm. Like, every person has a different case of diabetes. Yeah. So you don't have that. And so, you know, it, it was nice to be kind of like, oh, no, look, we're, we're, we're still part of this group. Yeah. We're yeah. We're not different. We're not a unicorn. We're not different. Right. Yeah. We're in this like, and, and like, you know, she has disabilities within in the book. Like there are limitations she has, whether she likes it or not. Like she mentions her feet, for instance. Mm-hmm. That's something I have to worry about all the time because I've known diabetics that have lost their like up to their knee. Oh, wow. You know, like yeah. gangrene can set in like that on a diabetic. Mm-hmm. And so I... I was glad to see that. I was glad to see that because it is a disability at that point when you're in an area that has this very remote, does not have what you need. You know, it's it's the same thing with someone else who has another disability. Right. Moves Absolutely. into a place that doesn't have it. And yeah. so it was it was very nice to see you be back in that community of, okay, there are disabilities here and, and there are limitations and it's nice to see this and not to like just, you know, wash over it and just wash it away because it's not convenient for the plot or the, yeah. story or the romance, you know? Right. Like yeah. it can create issues. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really nice to see included in that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't know if it wasn't for people like Angela James and other editors at the time that were pushing for that, the buying and the editing and the observations. Right. Yeah. Cause I don't know if we would have had as many people as we do now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Karina, I think. Or, you know, I, I always flock to them to find a new book like sometimes. Karina. Yeah. And because you have, like, more more options. More options, they're, they're, yeah. New... They're traditionally published, but it's a, it's more options that you would get necessarily than, like, a super romance necessarily, right? Right, like, yeah. It's a different setup entirely. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't really read it since um, – restructuring happened at Harlequin. Right. So I don't know, yeah. but I know that for a long time, I really enjoyed Karina press. Same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it reminded me a lot of the presses from like the er, mid two thousands, mm-hmm. like 2010, um, the tool publishing and stuff like that. Like yeah. it reminded me a lot of that. Yeah. The, the ones that really took the things you couldn't necessarily find. I, I don't necessarily mean the ones that were kaboom and crazy mm-hmm. town, like, trying to sue people stuff but like right, yeah. the small the smaller presses like 
the ones that weren't quite so big. Because I used to buy those all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, because back then, like, Amazon really wasn't a thing the way it was now. So you'd have to buy them from the companies. You'd have to buy yeah. the the ebooks that way. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm old school. Because, like, I remember when Laura Lee was not Laura Lee. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I remember when she was still getting, you know, printed in small pressville. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is when I started reading the Breed books. yeah. That was special. <laughs> I've got to read a breed book with a uh, Courtney. Yeah, I promised her I'd read a breed, breeds book because it's been a while since I read a breeds book. Mm-hmm. But, but even then, there was more there. Like there were, there really wasn't that um, what I call like dark angel edge. Yeah, to, yeah. To more mainstream romance. Uh huh. I was like, but y'all. Y'all were y'all had your TV in early two thousands. We all saw how popular Dark Angel was, right? Right. Yeah. So it's like, did did y'all miss the fact that we were apparently uh, attracted to people that had animal DNA in them, or <laughs> yeah, did you miss that part with Jensen Eccles? Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't always Eric Brady or Dean mm-hmm. Manchester. He he was also Alec. Yeah. He, he was also like half something. I don't remember what his combination <laughs> were. I just remember that, that uh, Jessica Alba's character Max had cat DNA because she went into heat. Right, yeah. They kind of make her have sex, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, I mean, but to me, I just I mentioned that because Laura Lee read like Dark Angel fan fiction to me. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was very rare. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it was rare to find that in mainstream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in the presses, you could find it. And Karina, I think, kind of bridged that gap. Right, yeah. From the indie presses to to that as – so as many of the Im, many of the smaller ones were imploding, Karina was able to take that, that gap and uh-huh. find them a place that would be a, a better fit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And more industry fit and more industry connections when they needed it. Right, yeah. So I, I've always been, like, I was always impressed with Karina, some of the things they have coming out. Because some of the Harlequins I have are Karina's, too, the mm-hmm. ones that I bought in the, the thing. Yeah. Um, and because you get people like, um, I can never say her name, Jeannie? Oh, Jeannie I'm not Lynn. sure. Oh, maybe. Um, she she writes a lot of Tang Dynasty books. Mm-hmm. She's so good, by the way. Oh, cool. I should um, check that out. I, I love her. Like, I, I got her book one time because it was just on sale, and I was like, oh, this is different. And I was like, I got it from Harlequin, and I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> she had a short The Liar's Dice out on sale. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it's, it doesn't necessarily have a happy ending, H-E-A. It's, um, it was a novella. Mm-hmm. So for an anthology so it doesn't quite have the same ending right but they they're later on they are in the uh movie the uh, not movie the book the hidden moon so they kind of jump from there i think i i don't know but it reminds me a little bit more of um eileen wilkes had uh i think it was like betraying danger or something like that mm-hmm. in an anthology and then that became her lupine world mm, cool so so it started out as a novella and then uh i think it was berkeley bought it and made or made it into a series. Cool. So I th- I, th- I think it's probably a similar setup of of that kind of transition from one to the other. Yeah. But um, Lynn is really good. 
I I like her a lot. Oh, cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. She's on Twitter, too. Oh, cool. <laughs> She's always on Twitter, and I like that because oh, yeah. I learned so much by Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. Twitter romance is amazing. I mm-hmm. I can never stop saying that. That's why I always say at the end that, that Twitter is where I'm usually at because I learn more that way. Right. Of course. Yeah. That's how I get, like, all my romance novel news. And and who to avoid sometimes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I'm, I don't want to pay for some people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm like, Hmm, I've, I've learned some stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, like one of my favorite authors, I can never, I can't um, promote anymore. So yeah, I'm like, that kind of sucks. But I was like, cause I promoted her like four episodes ago, Uh (laughs) five episodes. But I mean, you know, sometimes you have to reevaluate yeah which is why twitter is really good for that I think. of course yeah kind of exposes things and yeah when there's so many own voices within romance twitter that you really learn mm-hmm, mm-hmm. along the way yeah and i think that's really good for me absolutely it's good for everyone again well may I, again whitey mcwhite white white <laughs> yeah because I won't understand, I won't, I don't understand necessarily the same paths and the same experiences. And so by, by following them, you, you learn more. Right. Yeah. Like I've, I've learned so much more by reading books, by listening on Twitter, by, you know, just what's being retweeted and why. And I'm just like, oh, this makes more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. I miss that. I, I miss that entirely. Yeah. My B. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I think that, you know, Tony did a really good job of kind of setting up what you can expect in in modern. Yeah. Not modern, but con- modern contemporary. <laughs> Absolutely. And like suspense. It's so hard yeah. to call it contemporary because it's like it was contemporary 20 years ago. I know. So, it's still con- so I still it? consider it. Well, yeah. I consider it a romantic suspense, but um, yeah, it's still contemporary, I think. Yeah. But like it, it's nice to to have that kind of expectation of – because like the last romance romantic suspense I read was like one of the purple ones from Harlequin about 10 years ago. Uh-huh. Wasn't that suspense? Yeah, Harlequin intrigue. Suspense? I think mm, was it intrigue? Yeah. yeah, I think it was intrigue. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a lot of those because like what the library had is what I read. I also read a lot of Penny Jordan and Emma Darcy back in the day. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of those. <laughs> cool. Uh, my library system had a lot of those. Yeah. I, and I, I think it was like two years ago. I retweeted um an Emma Darcy. Like I did a live tweeting of reading an Emma Darcy when it was set. I think it was Emma Darcy. It was set in um. Australia. Mm, yeah. Cool. It, it was an intrigue, but I was I was intrigued by how this was going to play out. Exactly. Listen, they all should be called Harlequin intrigue. <laughs> Especially when you're just like, I don't understand this book at all. Right. Yeah. I don't understand how it got made. <laughs> I don't understand what this, how A to B to C to D. I don't, I don't get how they got there. So can I... Hmm? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was a very like flabbergasting book. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. good. I mean, it was well written. It was just the plot line was very flabbergasting to me. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it, it they're was, just like wild, and you're like, "What?" But yeah, it's just like, but how the why? Yeah. Because <laughs> I I remember because like I said, I used to go to thrift stores, and so I'd grab all these books, and I just and I was just like, 
okay, mm-hmm. we can run with this. I yeah. suppose we can do this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I um, I'm glad to see that there is more out there. Yeah, that's great. Because it's not something that I usually read. Right. Well, I'm glad you but... did. This is opening yourself up. I mean, I love reading new genres too and discovering new things. And yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I also want to say like um. I really appreciated your episode with tea and strumpets because I listen to them all the time. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> but, but I appreciated it because it was like, um, it was another one of those things that, that I hadn't really paid attention to. Mm-hmm. So I was glad, and that's another reason I bring it up because I was glad that you, that you were so on board with this book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because like sometimes our tastes don't always match up. Sure. what we review. Mm-hmm. But it's always really nice when people that I respect like the book that I like. Oh, yeah, sure. I love gushing over books for sure, you know, and yeah, <laughs> it's fun. I know. I've listened to many of your episodes. Well, I actually, I actually I've been like every time I, I've had to change my different uh, podcast listening things, but like you're always on wherever I change, sure. you're always on it, so... Oh, good. Oh, I'm yeah. glad. Yeah. Well, oh, that's so sweet. Thank I, you. Like I said, you you and I and uh, Kelly all started at the same time. So I tend to, mm-hmm. like, th- those were some of my three, you know, well, my two, but two. We're the, tr- we're the triumvirate. Yeah, exactly. But, like, I was always really glad to see because all three of us are very different. We talk about it very, very different ways and we started at the same time. So yeah. you can see just how diverse the how we how we process books and and how we see them differently oh absolutely i think that's what's just so great about the fact that there's so many different romance novel podcasts now and um Mm -hmm. they're all so different you know and it's great and there's like such a wide variety yeah of of just like just the sheer hosting of it yeah absolutely like, like how we all do it differently yeah i mean it's even yeah it's a testament to the hosts too of just like we all have different voices and different ways of experiencing books and how we feel and how we buy you know and i think it's so great yeah. exactly and, and i think that that's kind of what strengthens us as well because like you've got the bigger names the the middle names and the smaller names but we all kind of connect at certain points yeah and i think that's really cool Mm -hmm. because like the first really big podcast i ever listened to for romance was heaping bosoms yeah yeah and but i listened to it because back when smart bitches had their heaving bosoms book Mm -hmm. published i actually used it in a paper i wrote oh cool my english composition class oh cool um and so heaving bosoms i was like is that them i was like no that's that's not sarah but i was like but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I like their snark. <laughs> and then, you know, like it, it was just really interesting seeing how different, like you are, you're nothing like Aaron or Mel, Melody, but you're you. Right. And, yeah. And, and you're and you. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. And so like we're all very independent of, of each other, but we all have the love of the same genre. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. You don't always get that in fandoms. Yeah. A lot of times you can get some... Man, my, my fandoms, when I was in fandom, was like Pop Slash mm-hmm. <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. And then I was like um, Buffy. Sure. <laughs> Harry Potter and Stargate Atlantis. So there yeah. was a lot of infighting in those particular Oh, yeah. Fandoms. 
And there isn't a lot of infighting in romance, which is just so nice, you know. Yeah, like like as a fandom, a lot of us are very um, aware of each other. Yeah. Like we're aware of and promote each other. Mm-hmm. Like e- like even if it's not a podcast, you know, it can be a reviewer or it can be someone like that. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, Jen Ellens is always talking to me and she doesn't have a podcast, but she listens and she is always giving me something smart as feedback. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice how we kind of like promote each other and kind of give each other a some kind of um, appreciation. Totally, yeah. Because so many people on, on like the world may not, even right. though it, we're huge. But we have each other, and I think that's what's exactly. important. Exactly, and that's yeah. why we're a cool community, and that's why I like talking to our community. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Agreed. Even if they're community members from other parts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's just been really nice to talk to you. Oh, same. This was delightful. I had so much fun. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, this was so – it was just – it was nice to find – like, I mean, we've tweeted at each other, and it was nice to finally, like – For, like, two years, yeah. Yeah, to, like – I want to say meet you in person, but we're not in person. But it was nice to, like, hear your voice and talk, and, you know, this was was so much fun. It's close enough. It counts. Okay, guys, so I want to say thank you for listening. And I very silly forgot to ask (laughs) Becky to talk about where you can find her podcast. So I'm going to fix that right now. Too Stupid to Live, the podcast, you can be found at tstlpodcast.com. And you can also find it on Twitter at tstlpodcast.com. That's kind of where I know the podcast the most because I interact with Becky the most. But it's definitely worth listening to. Everything is like four ninety nine and under. And you can listen to a bunch of different authors, guests. You can find a lot of really interesting information there. And I definitely want to promote her for that because Becky is awesome. Now, here's where you can find Deconstructing Damsels my podcast you can find it at damselspodcast.com you can also find it on twitter facebook and instagram at damselspodcast as well i really don't interact on facebook or instagram much right now i I honestly don't really understand it sorry but you can definitely find me on twitter you can also find me at patreon.com slash damselspodcast if you want to join I have a few more episodes coming up soon on different topics, including some with my husband I'm going to record. If you guys want to, like, email me, check out damselspodcast at gmail.com. Seriously, as easy as I can make it for you guys. If you guys want to buy some merch, you can go to threadless.com slash user slash damselspodcast on brand. And you can find books well you can write in books anyway you can find t-shirts you can find magnets pins stickers and each of the designs are exclusive to each little section so some have got the heart with the pink others have got you know just the basic design others have a little bit of the old logo you take a look you want it also if you go to body bookworms dot com slash damsel 69 you can get six dollars off an order and i highly recommend it because there's a lot of thought put together in the project and i think the project is definitely worth talking about 
thank you so much for listening. <laughs> I really enjoyed the time that, that Becky took with me and I enjoyed the conversations and I wanted just to give a shout out to everyone that's helped put this episode together, including my husband, Sven, Creature, whichever we're going to call him. But I appreciate the fact that he took the time to edit this. Not exactly the shortest thing in the world to edit, but I, talking books is fun. <laughs> okay, I will see you guys. Well, no, I will talk to you guys. <laughs> next time at the end of the month because as you know it's like a every other week podcast and in that one Sven and I will be on and we will be watching a romantic comedy from the 1950s that should be interesting and no it's not my favorite of how to marry a millionaire that we will be watching again and we'll be putting on patreon sometime in the next month okay guys bye <laughs>